0: Hi, I'm Holly Ransom, and you're listening to the Virgin Disruptors podcast, a series of talks designed to provoke and activate change in the world of business and beyond.
1: It takes guts to disrupt. You're going with a gut feel, with a conviction. So more likely than not, it's going to take someone either who truly, truly, 1,000% believes in what they're doing or is not scared at all to go against the flow or fail.
0: Whether you're working hard to make your way up the ladder or forging your own entrepreneurial journey, more often than not, is the disruptive thinkers who win and win big bringing new ideas and outside approaches to the table our featured talk today comes from a disruptor who's constantly named among the most powerful businesswomen in the arab world nizreen shokar in 2006 nizreen's decorated career led her to join virgin megastore in the middle east and north africa where over the course of the past 10 years as president she's transformed the company's model from a traditional music and movies outlet to a 360 lifestyle destination. Under her direction, the brand has experienced huge growth, and with that comes a wealth of experience as a disruptor. One of the things that blew me away about Nisreen was how stacked against her the odds were when she started with the organisation. She was in a marketplace where the expectation was the business wouldn't necessarily succeed, and she managed to cultivate incredible growth based on a deep understanding of the consumer's wants and needs and a preparedness to really go outside the box to deliver on them. So let's join Nizreen on stage, recorded live at Virgin Disruptors.
1: Hello, everyone. So, as I was preparing for the speech, I realised that the Virgin Megastore brand has been around for 40 years. But I'm not here today to talk to you about how we've managed to survive in the Middle East and why we're still around, but more it's really very much a disruption story on how we were able to take the Virgin Megastore brand and turn it into the number one youth retail destination across the Middle East. But with that is a very personal journey of mine, which I hope you'll give me a chance to share with you. I used to work in the physical business of of records and CDs, and I saw at Sony, Warner, Viacom, BMG, a lot of great executives in the good times and how they reacted to the bad times. Almost 17 years ago, a 19-year-old by the name of Sean Fanning started a peer-to-peer network called Napster. Napster had 60 million users in the first year after it launched. Does anyone remember Napster? So at the time, I was working for a German media company called Bertelsmann, and my team and I thought it would be a very good idea to go out there and buy them. It was the worst idea ever. Every record label sued us. We had to shut down. 60 million users gone. Fast forward many years later. In 2015, 60 million users subscribed and paid for a streaming music service, and physical CDs are gone. It's a big lesson in disruption. So it's, it's an overused term, but disrupt or get disrupted. I lived it firsthand. So, the question was, was there a place for Virgin Megastores? I'm sure some of you do remember those. But at the same time, as physical sales were dropping, artists had to find different ways of making money. So they became curators and creators. Fashion, beauty, you know it, you consume it. They started making their money off of endorsements. So they didn't need Virgin Megastore anymore. So 10 years ago, around that time, Virgin asked me to go to the Middle East and see what could be done. Kind of a do or die kind of situation. Wasn't easy being a woman at the head of a company. Wasn't easy being an Arabic woman at the head of a company. Wasn't easy being in that kind of industry as an Arabic woman. On top of all that, we were representing a very outspoken, if not controversial brand, Virgin in a region that didn't really entertain a lot of controversy. So not a very easy situation to be in. So the easy answer, when all the banks and suppliers and everyone was getting worried because the Virgin Megastores had shut down in in the UK and the US, or were shutting down, was to just say, it's over, it's finished. But in disruption, there's something called the J-curve. Has anyone heard of that? It's literally the J. So you sit on the fence for a little bit, and you kind of take everything in. What's happening? Do I stay? Do I leave? And in that time, I started looking at the statistics of the Middle East. 60% of the population was under the age of 25. Very high unemployment. No opportunity for entrepreneurship. And at that time, there was a lot of sentiment towards moving away from consuming American products, British products, anything that was international, to more consuming local culture. We started seeing local Arabic rap emerging, as an example. We started seeing book authors trying to self-publish. It was maybe very, very, I think Richard mentioned acorns, tiny little seeds of change beginning to happen. And that was my aha moment. Not only are we going to disrupt and go in there and change Virgin Megastore into something much, much bigger, but we actually have a responsibility to play as a brand and we're going to help elevate and move the entire Arabic culture to something that the Arabic population can really believe in. We're also going to support entrepreneurship. We're also going to support many different businesses that want to rely on us to become an ecosystem. So the thought was, can we become more than just a record store? Can we become the destination for youth? Can we become a shop about people, not about products? So we don't sell shoes, we don't sell clothes, we don't sell beauty. We're actually this liminal space. It changes all the time. Every time you come in, there's something new. It could be an art installation, could be a fashion uh, installation. And we believed in something called fate. It became a store about fashion, art, technology, and entertainment, all in one space, evolving all the time, supporting local artists, local communities.
0: You're listening to the Virgin Disruptors podcast with Nisreen Shoker, recorded live at the recent Virgin Disruptors event in London.
1: A disruptor is someone who doesn't know they're disrupting while making the change. It's someone who brings many different solutions and opportunities from different industries. So they'll take a look at a problem from a very, very different angle and always come out thinking there's a great solution to this. I can turn it around. I can change it. I can make it better. The thing about people who've disrupted, if they look back and said, did I actually sit down and say I'm going to disrupt? Probably not, none of us did, but in hindsight we were. And so it's not a bullshit term, but I think that going forward, people who are going to use it and put it part of their strategy or part of their plan are not going to be as successful as those who've done it because of passion or because of a belief. A lot of times when companies talk about disruption, the first thing they talk about is technology, is technology being a threat, when in fact it's an enabler. And if you attach yourself too much to a certain technology, that itself is going to get disrupted. It's purely an enabler, that's how I see technology, and it's going to move with time. I think another area of disruption is going to be technology platforms. They're too expensive. People sign up to millions of dollars in many months of deployment or years of deployment, and then it just becomes too expensive to adapt and move. And I see that as a huge area to be disrupted with the big ones. I think it's easier for small businesses to disrupt a a niche or a behavior in the market and generally because organizationally they're able to adapt faster but when it comes to scale big companies will always win and i think that if small companies or little incubators and big companies can start the process and then big companies can really take that on put the resources behind it put the scale put the regional element the global element behind it then it could be something really globally powerful so the two i think need each other
0: Insights into the Disruptive Mind of Nisreen Shoker, President of Virgin Megastore in the Middle East and North Africa. As you can hear, Nisreen is an absolute powerhouse. She is a force to be reckoned with, and I get excited to think about where she's going to take Virgin Megastores next. How you own such an ambitious and controversial position in the market as unconsumption, I think is going to be an absolutely fascinating journey to watch. You're, of course, listening to the Virgin Disruptors podcast with me, Holly Ransom. And I just wanted to mention that if you're enjoying these talks, we'd love to hear from you. Use the hashtag Virgin Disruptors and tell us what you think, or alternatively, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Let's return now to the stage. I'll hand back to Nisreen Showcare.
1: Today, 60% of our population under the age of 29, which is pretty remarkable for a brand that's 40 years old. It's almost unheard of. I've studied many different brands, and it's rare that you can ever hold on to a really, really young consumer. And that age group is just dropping because we become more and more aspirational to the eight year old, the 10 year old. More importantly, the gender shifted as well. Virgin Megastore historically has been a brand very much for males. And what we've done in the Middle East is gear it a lot more towards females as well. What we've also done is bring in a lot of the personalization and the localization. So when you walk in, there are so many events and things that we walk you through to make it really, really exciting to be there. Today, as we all know, experience is an expectation. It's no longer a reason to charge more for a product. It's no longer a reason for you to stand out from the crowd. It's just what young consumers expect, especially when we've got digital And I don't think that digital and physical necessarily compete, but they go really, really nicely hand in hand. And the way we think of it is, the physical stores need to broadcast a lot of digital experiences. So whenever you're in the store, there's always a reason for you to Snapchat, to create a stream, to really be very engaged with all of your friends online and to bring them back into the store to experience more and more. The slide was innovative. When you think about retail, and if anyone here is in the retail industry, normally if you have a two-floor setup, what they do is they put items that you really need on the second floor to force you to go upstairs. That's really annoying. We thought, why don't we just make it really fun to go upstairs, and the best way to do that is to make it really fun to go down. And that's been a really great feature in our stores. We work a lot with local artists as well to make sure that we encourage them. There aren't a lot of opportunities in the Middle East if you're a local artist to really engage. But all of that, I make it sound really, really simple and really easy. It's not easy to disrupt. It's not easy to disrupt a brand that has a heritage as a record store. Even when we do a lot of our research today, young people don't even know what a record store is, but they'll say, Virgin the record store. So we have a very strong history. in in music, in physical product. So how do you make that more than that? For me, it's been really, really important to be very, very single-minded and single-focused about what we wanted to do. It's been important to bring the right team on board, who really believed in us. It was really important that this disruption was a lot more than just making money. So I'll talk about that for a little bit. As a woman in charge of this business, I've done a lot for women in the Middle East. I've encouraged women to work, to come back to work, give them opportunities in markets like Egypt and Jordan, where they can't work late because of parental restrictions and otherwise. We've made sure that we changed and adapted the culture to allow them to come to work and be productive. Because many different parts of the Middle East are not rich, like many would think. So all members of the family need to work. So we've been able to provide that structure. We've been able to provide a lot of training. We work very, very closely with entrepreneurs. We've helped launch hundreds of products in the Middle East and abroad as well. We've helped them as well curate products for the Middle East and become a reference point for them. So that's been really, really exciting. And the last one, in my opinion, is always being ready to be disrupted. So when we think about what are some of the issues that we're facing now, Where is the next step for us? Where is disruption going to come from? We feel like the next leadership position we're going to take in as a retailer is a a seismic move in unconsumption. Um, Sounds strange that that would be in the Middle East, but that is a movement that's taking place. So how can you, as a retailer, as a next level of disruption, tell your customers to consume less? And I think that that's the responsibility of retailers today, and that's the space we're going to be occupying in a very big way. So we've been negotiating with our suppliers to reduce the packaging. We've been discussing with our customers how to spend more on quality versus quantity. We've been talking to the business community about not selling items on Black Fridays and white days below cost because we think that's fiscally irresponsible and it's forcing consumers to buy things they don't need. And I think that there's a lot that we need to do in that space, and we've already started. We started in our toy section, for example. They say that consumers remember you the minute they open a product to use it, and they remember you when they throw the product away. And, and they'll think very badly of you as a retailer if they'd never actually used that product. So we started looking at items that encourage family time, that encourage uh, mother and daughter to spend time together, or father and daughter, or son, So we feel like the unconsumption is something we need to really work hard at. We support over 50 nationalities in our business, and there's a great opportunity to take items from people when they're not using them and really give them to those who do. And being in the Middle East and being close to the third world in such a big way and having the influence of a Virgin Megastore brand is an opportunity to do so much. Thank you.
0: A huge thanks to Nisreen Showcare, president of Virgin Megastore in the Middle East and North Africa, speaking live at Virgin Disruptors, a truly disruptive thinker, and I think shared an enormous amount of great advice there. Remember, to find out more about Virgin Disruptors, you can simply head to virgin.com, where you'll also find plenty more in terms of entrepreneurial content, articles and podcasts. Next time, here on the Virgin Disruptors podcast, we're disrupting for the good of the planet, as we hear from Cyril Gooch founder of Parlay for the Ocean, a platform leading discussions about the impact we have on our environment and driving collaborations to improve it. To play us out, I have a clip from Cyril's backstage interview to close the show. But for now, from me, Holly Ransom, and all the Virgin Disruptors team, goodbye.
2: There is so much fear and also, all these little problems that kind of hinder you, that stop you, that block you of changing things, of disrupting your life or the life of others, or your profession, or whatever surrounds you. And I think a big reason why people are not disrupting is that they take everything forgiven. They understand everything as a standard. And first, you have to learn and to see that what surrounds you is designed by mankind. So you can question it, you can redesign it, and that needs a little bit of balls. Disruption isn't something nice and lovely that you can do and just hope that everybody loves you for that. It's the opposite. You annoy, you demand, you confront. It's a conflict. And in a creative sense, it means, for me, destroying an existing infrastructure, destroying a surface, going deeper. and taking away what was there before. And of course, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of like, movement against you if you're doing that, because you're actually endangering, you're actually attacking values. And often this costs money. So you will not be loved right away. You will only be loved if you can replace what you destroyed with something more valuable.